The Naked DJs Podcast. Are they really naked? We know they expose themselves every day just so they can bring you the best of music. They like to stick it out there for everyone to hear. You can hear their podcast on Anchor.fm, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by whole living consultant, author, and speaker, Diane Randall. Diane is energized, passionate, and committed about leading conversations about wellness, mental health, and whole life balance, as well as plant-based nutrition. So we're going to be talking to her about her story and why she's so passionate about those things. Diane, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for having me. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Diane Randall. I am a whole living consultant for the past, I'd say two and a half, two decades, more than two decades, two and a half decades. I started this work while living my career, uh, going through a divorce, being a single mom at the same time, and really experiencing a big toll taken on my health because I had so many balls in the air and I had no idea as to how to take care of myself. So that started a long, long journey to not only working with others on researching, educating themselves and teaching wellness methods, I teach what I've learned to everyone else along the way, because I told myself, I don't want anyone else to not know what to do or go through all the hoops and discovery that I needed, that I did to take care of myself. So as a divorced mom at that time with two children and failing health, I really needed to find a way to get myself back into great health so that I could enjoy the awesome software career that I had at the time. So tell us about what is a whole living consultant? A whole living consultant is someone who works with the body, the mind, and the spirit. Because what I've learned over the time I've been working in the wellness business is it's not just your physical body. And it's not just your mind. There's also inner work that needs to be done in order to fully and completely heal or improve. So when I say improve your health, means improve my mind, I improve my body, and I improve my spirit. Because a lot of times when I remember when I first started coaching, many years ago. I was just helping people with busy schedules, workout, time management plans, but the food thing kept coming up. 
the the issues and the barriers that get in the way of people making change started coming up. So over time with researching and education and even learning for myself, the whole body, mind and spirit is one. Well, let's talk about the food thing, plant-based <laughs> nutrition. Tell us what that is and what that means. Plant-based nutrition means that and I'll, I'll keep it simple. It means that I don't, I only eat food that's grown in the ground. I don't eat foods that have a mother and I don't eat foods that have a face. So it means foods that's grown in the ground, grown in the dirt, like vegetables, beans, grains, seeds, all those things that are grown in the earth that that's what I eat. No, no animals. And I always say I'm plant-based and vegan for the animals, which means that I don't eat any animal products. And so and I, what, what made you be plant-based? Initially, it was my health. I, I tell you, my health started failing when I was really young. You know, I was in my early 30s. I had a level of stress that was really working on my body and my mind and my spirit that I didn't even know at the time, but I knew that I was getting sick, go to the doctor, my blood pressure was really high, high cholesterol. They, the doctor kept telling me I was in this, forgot what you call it, but you're in a range to have a stroke because you have high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol, and you have a lot of stress in your life. So metabolic syndrome, that's what I couldn't think of. So being so young and having all these illnesses in my life, it, it really scared me. And I said, you know what? I have to figure this out because just having a great career and a life is just not going to sustain me. So initially, and it was a journey, I became plant-based for my health because I didn't know what else to do. I'm anemic. I have a lot of gut issues and, and it wasn't getting better. Things were getting worse over time. So, so for me, I saw a DVD a friend gave me, it was called EAT. And I learned the correlation of heart disease, type two diabetes and other chronic illnesses that were tied to food. So that's when, and this has been probably 17 years ago, I decided to make a change, I felt I had to. And then being vegan for the animals, that came later, that came later. And over time, I guess without eating animals, I started seeing the cows and the chickens and the, and the other animals in a different light. I saw, I, saw, I saw myself in them. When I say that, what I mean is I saw how they, they love their kids, you know, they, they had reactions to different things in the world. I guess without just, I was able to step back and just look at them differently. And then I grew a deep connection with animals. So that's how I became vegan. It wasn't plant-based and vegan at the same time. That was a few years later, actually. So when you, when you talk about being plant-based for health, do you think that is because of 
things that they put in food and, and what they do and how they process it? Or is that just natural? It's, it's natural. It's because it hasn't been. Now, when I say plant-based, you can have plant-based lasagna. You know, you can have things. There's no processed ingredients. I'll just say that. When I, when I say that, there's no milk, cheese, sugar, that kind of thing. It's all naturally sweetened foods with no dairy, you know, not, not, a, not salt, just, you know, natural, natural ingredients that, that are grown in the earth or pulled together. Today, it's easy to be plant-based because there's so many restaurants, so many ways you can test it out to see what you like or don't like. But being plant-based is just not eating any processed food. And I would say I spent my young life being healthier. Even now, where I am now, I have more energy. I haven't been sick. I don't have chronic disease, you know, illnesses. I feel that this is my way of, of really taking care of myself as I get older so that I can live my life, you know, without a lot of problems. Well, tell us what kind of food you can eat on, on a plant-based diet because, you know, they got the Impossible Whopper at Burger King. So what all kind of food can you eat being plant-based? Well, plant anything. I eat mac and cheese. It's just vegan cheese. It's cheese with no animals made. And it's it could be cheese made out of oat milk. So I eat mac and cheese, lasagna. I eat a lot of, instead of having steak and rice, I have mushrooms and rice, big portobello mushrooms that have a thick texture. Because what, I, what I've also realized is I still want meaty vegetables. So I eat a lot of mushrooms, a lot of carrots. And like, if you like stew, you can still have your stew. You just maybe swap the meat out for plant-based meat, which means meat made out of plants, like seitan and tempeh and maybe tofu. And I always tell people to start with your favorite meal. So if you have butter in your meal, there's vegan butter. <laughs> you know, you just don't do anything dramatic. You just take what you really love today, add vegetables to it, eat those vegetables first. And if you like meat, try a meat alternative. Like sometimes a Monday, meatless Monday, burgers. I don't eat hamburgers, but I eat black bean burgers. I eat quinoa burgers. You can take what you eat now, your favorite meal, and turn it into something. What about very fried healthy. chicken? Fried chicken, there's a, you can take the tempeh and the seitan. You can have a plant-based chicken, which I eat, plant-based chicken sometimes. And it has that texture. So, so today, like I said, when I started out, it was very tough <laughs> to find foods that I was accustomed to. But as I've evolved, the whole plant-based and vegan food industry has evolved. So you can find just about any type of chicken that you want. And that is in the freezer section of your grocery store. 
if you want to experiment, you can always find a vegan or plant-based restaurant that you can do taste tests with. Because that's what I did. I just started trying different foods to see what I liked. So what's three ways a person can transition to a plant-based diet? Three ways. I teach, I teach a class on this at the college in Chicago. So the first, the first way is just, just, just acknowledging that you want to make a change. Just and being honest about that. The first thing, the second thing is, like I said earlier, you want to try changing your favorite meal to a plant-based meal. So let's say you love lasagna and that's going to be your first meal. You can buy pasta that's made out of lentils, that's made out of chickpeas, that's made out of multigrain seeds. You can get your ricotta cheese, which is big. You can get vegan ricotta cheese and you can buy plant-based meat. Meatless meat is what they call it. It's plant-based. And you still put cook your lasagna the way you've always cooked it. All you've done is swap processed ingredients for plant-based or vegan ingredients. But you have to be careful because just because you're eating vegan doesn't mean you're eating healthy. So you still have to, you know, kind of look at that as well. But you're not eating any animals. So that is far better on your body than eating steak and like hamburger and, you know, lasagna made out of the regular ingredients. Absolutely. Well, tell us some ways that people can stop having negative talk or how they can defeat negative talk. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, this, is, this is a big one. So what I always say, if you're, you're having a negative thought, let's say you see a job that you want online or you read some type of job bulletin and you look at the qualifications and you see the qualifications, but you're having this thought that you don't qualify for that job, you're not smart enough. What I say is when you tell yourself, I'm not smart enough, you should examine that thought. I'm not smart enough. The first question I'll ask you, is it true that I'm not smart enough? So take that, that's a yes. And if it's yes, list all the proof you have that you're not smart enough. It's just no, you move on to the, to the thought that if I'm smart enough, then why am I not applying for the job? That's a whole nother lane that you go through. But if you say I'm not smart enough, it's what proof do you have? And if you could get that job, who would you be if you had that job? And that question is to help you imagine being in that job and seeing yourself working that job. And how would you feel if you were 
doing their job on a daily basis. Sometimes people say, oh, I would be happy, but who would you be if you had that job? So it's really disproving that, that negative thought, not just hearing that negativity and, and, and believing. Because years ago, one of my teachers, Brian Katie, when she, when she, when I heard her on a, a set DVD back then, she said, you don't have to believe every negative thought that comes in your head. And I tell you that, that statement just blew my mind because I'm listening to everything coming up in my head. And I'm like, what? So it's examining those thoughts one at a time. Is it true? What proof do you have that it's true? And if you were in that job, who would you be? How would you see yourself? And if you have any barriers in the way, it's examining those blocks that you came up with. Well, I have to worry about my kids. Okay, what does that mean? Let's examine that also. So it's just really taking a deeper look at the negative thoughts that come up. So give us some tips on setting healthy boundaries. Oh my goodness, that is a big one. I, I teach a class called Setting Healthy Boundaries and that is probably, I'd say for the last couple of years, been the most popular course and podcast conversation that I've had because when you look at boundaries, it's more of when we're young, we do what our parents tell us, our teeth, the adults in our life tell us to do. And a lot of times we're looking at how we can please them so that we get permission, whatever we, whatever we need to get as children when we do what our parents tell us. But a lot of times when we grow up, there's nothing to teach us how to shift our mind from, from what we need to do as children where everybody's walking in telling us what to do, how to do it, and where to do it, versus being an adult working in the workplace, for example, because that's the biggest place these things come up, as well as in, in our own personal lives. The issue, I mean, the problem is there's no shift, there's no training to say in adulthood when we're at work. Here, you know, here's how we need to shift. And here's what we need to do, because what happens is we take that, those experiences from childhood around having no boundaries where people are walking in and out of our personal space. All we know is we don't like it for many of us. And we don't like it because people are happy as long as I'm doing what they tell me to do. And I'm doing this because I don't even have thoughts about how not to do it. So what I say is with the healthy boundaries is what is it costing you to continue to be that way? Because if I'm asked, people are constantly asking you to do things and you're saying yes, at some point, you feel in your gut that this is something I don't wanna do, but you do it anyway. And I say, you have to have courage to have boundaries because some. Sometimes you have to tell the people you love, your significant other, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your kids that, you know what, today I'm not 
able to do blah, blah, blah. And I always say you set your boundaries with love. You treat, you teach people how to treat you with love and kindness. And they say, well, you know, I can't say that because, you know, I'm, I'm scared to say that. But here's, here's the option of never saying anything and letting people know where your edges are, where your threshold is for what you will and will not do for yourself or for them over time. That's where resentment comes in. You start resenting that person and you're not even thinking why. You're just mad at that person because they keep asking you to do something or you're doing things that you've always done because you're worried about someone getting mad or upset with you. So the key here is you literally have to teach people how to treat you through your actions and your communication, setting clear, concise communication as to what, what is going to work for you and what isn't. And it's not as cut and dry as that. It's just having those conversations, letting people know who you are and what you need as a human being, as a mom as a teacher, as, as a person that lives this life, what do you need? And when people cross your boundaries, it's communicating clearly why that's not acceptable. And for many of us, it's a very uncomfortable thing to do, but I always advocate that if you start practicing with small things, when they occur, the first time they occur, once you once you know that you need to literally teach this person that it's just not going to be okay for me to work two hours over, <laughs> three nights a week. It's it's having clear communication that I'm not able to work two hours, three nights a week. It's a negotiation or it's flat out, I cannot work this way. Because a lot of times if you communicate clearly, about what you can and cannot do, people will accept it. And they will accept a lot of times where your boundaries are. Because I say, but protect, people will respect, they will respect your boundaries for the most part. And when people say, oh, well, I'm scared to do that, but here's what happens. One day you've just reached your threshold and you're like a mad person, you're upset, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're, you're, you're really telling that person, you know, you're telling them off and they're like, what, what's going on? What's happening? Well, you reach your peak with not speaking up for yourself, not standing your ground, not, not in a confirmational mode, confrontational mode, it's educating people that you meet that are in your life, what's acceptable? What is acceptable? So, when people say, I can't do that, I say, what is it costing you to not do that? And then they start telling me all the stories and how, how upset, how depressed they are because of certain behaviors, certain things that they feel they've had to do in their life that they don't want to do anymore. So having boundaries are very important to being human being, to peace and freedom of of, of being able to show up in your life in a way that supports you. Now, I'm not saying we do everything that we, you know, everything that we just put our mind to, 
without some type of challenge. But I say, navigate through those challenges because on the other side, there's peace, there's freedom, there's people respecting what you need for yourself. And you're teaching them that it really is about you sometimes. And that's not being selfish, that's being self-honoring. Speaking of self-honoring, you talk about how self-fulfillment and self-care is self-honoring. And you might've mentioned some of that just in your last answer, but how is that? Well, we're taught, and this is the messaging that we get just being on the planet, just being in the United States, just being in the world. We get messaging that we shouldn't think about ourselves. We should be thinking about the latest celebrity, what we're going to buy, you know, all this, all this outward thinking, okay? All this external thinking, because what would it mean if I really thought about what I wanted, what I needed? We wouldn't be buying as much. <laughs> We'd be taking better care of ourselves if we didn't get this conditioning and messaging about what we should and should not do. So when I talk about self-care, especially the last two years, it's taking care of you, of yourself. It's, it's giving yourself the care that you need. For example, even on Zoom, even being home from COVID, if you're on Zoom four or five days a week, eight hours a day, that's exhausting too. So the, the question is, how can you care for yourself? How can you take a break? How can you renew your energy so that you can be ready for that next meeting or that next call? How can you take care of yourself so you're not totally exhausted by the end of the day? And, and part of that is scheduling in breaks, scheduling in breaks, even if they're small breaks, even with the exercising. What I've learned, I've learned, I haven't gone to the gym since COVID, but what COVID taught me was I can do this myself because before I thought I had to have somebody in front of me telling me what to do. I was just used to that. So since COVID, I've really learned how to really take care of myself in terms of exercise. I do my, my online YouTube. I do my online yoga. I have an option to go into the studio, but I've just learned how to really do things in terms of physical exercise and mental exercise that work for me. And, it, and it's really been a blessing, really, to, to just stop and think about what do I need to care for myself? Because here's the thing, if we don't, you're sick, you're stressed, you have all these, you know, nobody's perfect, but there are ways to support yourself. Or even if you get something serious in your life, if you're taking care of yourself, your body's ready for it. You have a better chance of overcoming. Every, you know, we live in a world where illness is just common and it doesn't matter how, <laughs> how healthy you think you are, things show up for all of us. So it's getting that body ready, that body, that mind, and that spirit ready, giving it the care it needs most of the time 
so that when something does show up, you are able to weather it. You are able to help yourself have a good outcome or the best outcome for the situation. So I say self-care is, is, is critical. The mental self-care, like shutting off some of this craziness, you know, now we're at a really challenging time in, in America. So it's shutting off those things that are upsetting, watching all the violence on TV, local news, it's shutting off some of those things, or at least taking a break from those things. Because a lot of people were telling me that they were depressed. And just one example, one lady was telling me how depressed she was, but she's watching all the news all day long on all the channels with all the craziness that's going on. And she's also watching national news and local news where you know, you're constantly hearing about all the murders, all the negative things that are going on in the world. So part of just taking a break from all that, and I'm, I'm including social media, okay? Just taking a break from some of those things for hours and days at a time so that you can shut off some of the noise in order to bring yourself back to a very comfortable, non-toxic center. Because if you're taking in all this craziness every day, it's depressing. Maybe you're not working out because you're depressed. And I'm not saying going to the gym, I'm just saying physically moving around. Maybe you're staying in the bed more. My question is, what can you do to shut down some of this noise coming at you every day, all day? And that's for all of us to be mindful of. Well, tell us about your book, Jumpstart Your Life. Tell us why you decided to write it and what readers can expect when they read it. Well, I wrote this book three years ago. I used to teach a class called Jumpstart Your Life. It started out as an article many years ago. It was an article about my early life as a single mom uh, stepping out of her comfort zone, moving to a city where she had no support network with two small children. So that evolved into a class that I would teach at college in Chicago. And I taught the class for 10 years because I loved how the class was shaping, because basically it is a series of, of, of simple, effective steps. There's 10 jump starts to personal success. And this was based on teaching this class for 10 years. Actually, my students really helped to shape the work, the workshop or the class. I call it the class. They shaped it just by having those experiences and going through all the lessons in the book. So for example, the book is teaches you how to design meaningful affirmations for your life. You create a vision of the ideal life you want now, and you start working toward life immediately with care, with consideration. I guide my students around the thought processes because a lot of times we haven't accomplished a lot of things that we've wanted because of our thoughts, what we're thinking. So I talk about the thought processes that are keeping you stuck and 
part of that is to set you on a road towards the dreams you once thought that were unattainable. So basically, we start with the 10 jump starts and we walk through 10 exercises because this is not me telling you what you need to do. It's you walking through the 10 jumpstart steps, answering the questions, knowing that you can start where you are. We talk about self-compassion because the first, the very first thing I tell my readers and I would tell my students is while you're in this experience to give yourself permission and compassion to walk through these steps. Because a lot of times when we start thinking about want, all the reasons why we can't start coming up. So just as people read the book, or even when I was teaching the class, I would tell them just for this moment, let all that go so you can really be in tune to what you want. And we talk a lot about how getting uncomfortable, discomfort is your greatest friend. And I tell you how that is. And we talk about how to embrace change and how change is based on the choices that you make every day. The choices and the actions, are they aligned with the goals that you want? Are they aligned with the success that you're trying to make? And what is your definition of success? We do a life balance inventory exercise, which walks you through identifying the areas of your life that you would like to improve. And then we go through a priorities assessment. Okay, we did the life inventory. How does that align with your priorities on a daily basis? And we rework those priorities. And we talk about your readiness. You fill out a readiness scale. I teach you to look at intentions. What your intentions, what you set your mind to do and how that supports you in your in your in your goal to personal success and we we walk through the actions that we need to make it happen and also I have a chapter on disaster preparedness planning what happens if I fall back what happens if I start to regress I give you support there as well And when you leave the class or by the end of the the class or the end of the book, you can affirm and visualize the new you because you spent almost the whole book identifying what that is. So as you move forward, get into alignment with what you want. So I give you a pathway to follow, to put you on the road to your own personal success, how to monitor and celebrate your progress and how to fill your environment, your home, your work with reminders of what your goals are, what you want for yourself. So it's it's really to inspire motivation and change and teaching you that it really comes from you. Well, tell us about any current coming projects that you're working on that people need to know about. Well, the biggest thing I have in early January, I'm launching a whole life wellness community. And that community is going to be a part of my website, 
Diane Randall Consults, where you can come and I'm going to do monthly mini workshops, wellness conversations, have other key wellness and health experts join me in the community. I have several courses that I taught in the college that I've converted for the community. There'll be groups of support and just like-minded people that are on the road to wanting a life of, of whole, complete wellness, mentally, physically, and spiritually. I'm really excited about this, bringing everybody together for that community. Well, you talked about your website, but go ahead and throw out your full contact information, website, social media links, so people can stay connected with you. Well, if you'd like to stay connected with me on social media, like LinkedIn and Instagram, my, my website is Diane Randall Consults, as well as my social media is Diane Randall Consults. It's, it's very easy. <laughs> it's one word, Diane Randall Consults. Website, Diane Randall Consults. All right. Well, go ahead and give us some final thoughts to close it out. Well, with the holidays coming, what I would advocate over the holidays is just take some time to breathe deeply, take care of yourself, think about what you want for yourself and not only what you want, but how can you find peace in what you want? Not just over the holidays, but, but in your life and whatever that means to you and, and how you can stay safe and healthy. What do you need to do to accomplish that as well? Ladies and gentlemen, Diane Randall Consults. Be sure to check her out. She's all over the place. Be sure to check out that book and check out her community when it comes out. Be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible, especially those who are looking to take care of their well-being. Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Diane Randall, thank you so much for joining me today. And Curtis, thank you for inviting me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.